It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. You're listening to Breakfast with the Kiwis. Kickstart your day of racing. Have breakfast with the Kiwis. Head to loveracing.nz. Good morning. Welcome to Breakfast with the Kiwis here on SEN. Jordan Canellis with you as always, taking you through what is going to be a big weekend of racing around New Zealand. Well, I'll, I'll do a bit of the taking you through part. Normally it's with Butch Castles, who is our expert, but uh, Butch has a week off and with us, uh, in his place, it's uh, it's a great honour to introduce for her Breakfast with the Kiwis debut from New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing, Adele McLeod, who's with us. Adele, morning to you. Welcome. Uh, good to have you on. Oh, thanks, Jordan. It's um, it's a pleasure to be here. What does the weekend uh, look like ahead in a snapshot? What are we expecting from around racing in New Zealand? Oh, we've got feature racing coming out of Pukekohe Park and at Rickerton on Saturday, and then on uh, Sunday, we're here to Awapuni with their feature race. Excellent stuff. So Awapuni is the one you're looking forward to most? Um, I think there's a nice horse, uh, Progressive Mare in there. That might be my bet of the weekend. Excellent stuff. Now, this is your uh, your debut on Breakfast with the Kiwis. So yes. uh, how are you feeling, <laughs> I've got to ask, ahead of the uh, number one show for you? Um, well, there's plenty of butterflies, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you'll be fine. We've got some good guests on the way as well. Tony Pike will be with us in a moment. We'll have uh, Kelvin Tyler on as well. But let's start off with uh, with a man who'll be watching the races across the weekend and at the voice of the South Island, Matt Cross, who's beginning us here on Breakfast with the Kiwis. Uh, Matt, welcome. Hey, Jordan, and uh, hello to Adele as well. You'll be sweet taking over from Butch today, no <laughs> doubt. He won't, even, he won't even be tuned in, I wouldn't have thought. Uh, we've got a big day of racing at Rickerton Park tomorrow, the third day of our autumn carnival, and the three-year-old filly stepping out once again for the third of the features, the New Zealand Bloodstock War Step Stakes. So looking forward to that. Currently, I live just about 20 minutes away from the Rickerton track, and we've had sort of on and off showers here today, but right at the minute, the sun is beaming with plenty of blue skies. So dead four, uh, and a good four track now that we've changed our, our ratings, of course. Good four to align with our Australian friends in the rail out three metres just to uh, get off that inside ground. So looking forward to it. And our, our first race nice and early New Zealand time, just a little bit after 11 o'clock tomorrow. Yeah, thanks, Matt, for that. We'll um, kick into the open 1,200-metre race there, the race five on the program. Um, it's a race full of sort of seasoned campaigners and progressive horses. Um, that chilly filly down the bottom of the book with for Ross Beckett and Lisa Orpress looks like a nice um, up-and-coming mare. Yeah, she was really, really good last time, Adele. She sort of lifted herself off the canvas like a really good horse to win. Over the sprint trip, first half a thousand metres. Barry number 12, so it's a complete contrast from her most recent effort. And may just want to see a little bit more rain around to see her on the best possible ground, but she's absolutely full of talent. Gets in with 54 kilos. She's got four and a half kilograms on her main rival in the market, being Kaimai War, the four. 
He's a very, very talented sprinter. Drops a little bit in weight. He's been well backed as well, I can see on the markets too, Kaimar War, so you'd have to respect him. And outside of those two, the only other two that I could see winning the race would be live drama, the two, but she's got a fair bit of pudding to carry, 60.5 kilos. The horse to watch is number six, OK Pal. Best version of him is probably as good as a Chili Philly or a Kaimar War, but he completely bombed the start last time out. And as you well know, with the sprinters, if they're even half a length slow, then they in the first portion of the race on the back foot and they just can't get their breath so he couldn't finish the race off last time but willing to forgive him but Chitty Philly I think is all the rage Adele and deservedly so I expect to be improved a little bit from her first up effort and with Lisa Allpress in a nice way she's going to be really hard to beat Awesome, thanks for that. And then into race eight, the listed New Zealand Bloodstock Warstep Stakes over the 2,000 metres. Um, the toppy there, Reputa Bowers, looking to make it a picket fence. Um, unusual counter. She actually won her debut on this race in a stakes ra- uh, Sorry, on this course in a stakes race as a two-year-old. She's up under the 2,000 metres this start. But um, and then the two Savavils, Design Saver and Bell of the Bull, uh, who you really think should relish the step up to the 2,000 metres. Yeah, for sure, absolutely, with those two horses. And Divine Saddle was really, really good last time out. And, and post that race, the stewards and the vet cast the eye over her, and she was suffering from a little bit of tie-up as well. So, look, depending on how you look at there's probably a couple of lengths of natural improvement just based on that, plus the step-up and distance. She could improve four to five lengths, which would be good enough to run Reputabelle close. But she's been all the rage right through this series, Adele winning four in a row. And up to 2,000 metres, Michael and Matthew Pittman, they have made it no secret that they think that she's their sort of Queensland horse, potentially, and their next savvy cope, which is certainly saying something. So she's going to be hard to beat. The two unusual Countess will be improved from that first up effort. She got a little bit keen. She raced like a fresh horse. I think up to the 2,000 metres is going to suit her. The tough horses in the race are Birdie, the four, Bell of the Bull, the six, Lisa Allpress, a great booking aboard that horse, which has been well-backed. And you're right about Divine Saver. I'd be willing to have a little bit of an each way on that horse after its first up run here in the south over the mile. And up to the 2,000 metres, I think she's going to be hard to beat and, and maybe just a little bit over the odds. But you can't beat winning form this time last year. It was all about a tissue who was then able to go over and be competitive in some good races around Sydney. And I don't think Reputa Bell is too far in theory to her and a deserved favourite in our feature. That's awesome. And then we're moving on to the Group 3 Coca-Cola Canterbury Gold Cup. And there's plenty of depth in this race with Pre de Fur, Hassabro, original gangster who... Uh, bounce back after last time out. Irish girl who's won two stakes races in her, at her last two starts. Wanna be in Paris and as a thought who fought out the Riverton Cup on Monday backing up here. So there's plenty to be to like here, Matt. Yeah, you're 100%. It's a very even field. And I guess when you're going from a handicap race to a weight for age, you have to really like the chances of pre de fur. His last start run was a complete write-off. He didn't really get anything go his way. I think he's a super, super bet in the Canterbury Gold Cup, pre-deferred from the Mark Walker stable. Barrier number three, Jason Laking. He's in the saddle in the colours that he won the New Zealand Oaks with. Hasabro, the two. He'll be getting back and running on. I see there's been a little bit of money, and you can't really fault the chances of Irish girl either. She's probably the horse that gets in okay here. 
with 57 kilos. There's a lot of horses inferior to her that are carrying more or the same weight as what she is, so she's well enough in. I think it all sort of points toward Predefer from the barrier draw. He's certainly capable of toughing it out, and if he's able to posse himself somewhere close to the speed, I think he's a deserved favourite. And, yeah, that sounds simple in theory, Adele, that the favourite should have a good day, but it doesn't always work mm. out like that. But at weight for age conditions, I think it really suits Predefer. And if we've had no luck up until now, Matt, what are you giving us in the get-out stakes in the last race, the 74 benchmark over the mile? Hopefully, hopefully you've backed a winner by uh, race number 10. And I tell you what, it's probably <laughs> the best betting race of the day by the looks how the market has unfolded. I think Capo Del Impero with the barrier draw at $5 is a great chance. But Ava Quinella, number six, she comes up with a bit of a testing barrier draw. They expect to see her powering home. You could have a little each way on either of those and see how you get on. But a 10-race program tomorrow. And I'm looking forward to seeing if Reputa Bell can make it uh, another win in a row and then seeing what the Pittmans are able to do with her from there, whether they make their way over to Queensland and find a race for her there or whether she maybe makes a trip to Sydney during the autumn. But as we know, as I said last year, a tissue certainly looked capable of doing so and she went over there and performed. So no reason why she can't fly the flag for the Cantabrians over in Australia at some point. Yes, and in the go racing colour. So that... Um that again is a, a, a big a big plus there for uh, Divine Saver from the Stephen Marsh camp. Well, thanks for joining us, Matt, and um, all the best for tomorrow at Rickerton Park. Awesome, thanks Adele, and uh, thanks to Jordan. All all the best, guys, uh, for the weekend ahead. Thank you very much, Matt. A pleasure, and uh, we'll be uh, listening and watching closely to all the action uh, at Rickerton Park. Adele, what uh, what are you liking from uh, Rickerton Park tomorrow? Is anything that takes your fancy? Oh, I don't think you can really go past uh, the Pittman stable with um, Reputa Bell in the big race. And Tina Komenyahi, she's um, absolutely flying down there at the moment. And she sometimes uh, pops up here to the North Island and um, makes her mark here as well. So uh, that that horse there is full of credit. Tell us a bit about, before we head to the break, tell us a bit about Matt, because we have him on the program uh, pretty often, semi-regularly, and he's obviously the voice of the South Island. What kind of uh, what kind of esteem is he held uh, in in New Zealand? Well, I actually don't really. Oh, he was on trackside before he um, went commentating, and he he's very much um, ingrained in the harness industry as well. So mm-hmm. um, he wears plenty of caps. Our Matt does. So um, he's a young guy that is fully making his mark down the South Island. So he's uh, across multiple codes. Yes, yes, he actually is. You'll hear him at Eddington on Friday night and then at Rickerton Park on Saturday. Excellent. And then maybe at Timaru on a Sunday doing the harness. <laughs> <laughs> a busy man, a busy man indeed. All right, we'll take a break here on yeah. Breakfast with the Kiwis. Uh, Jordan Canellis and Adele McLeod with you here on the program. Uh, Tony Pike will have a chat to him on the other side of this uh, right here on the program this morning. You're listening to Breakfast with the Kiwis. Kickstart your day of racing. Have breakfast with the Kiwis. Head to loveracing.nz. Welcome back to Breakfast with the Kiwis. Jordan Canellis here with you. Adele McLeod is with me, hoping to chat to Tony Pike in a couple of moments after the next break um, here on SEN and, of course, across New Zealand on SENZ. Uh, Adele, I want to ask you a question. Uh, with this uh, weekend being being Anzac weekend, uh, what is there anything in racing that's uh, that racing does around the Anzac weekend? 
no, not in particularly. I know that um, the Australians uh, have the old Anzac colours on particular horses, um, but not in particular. No, we've just got a race meeting on Monday and at s- Avondale in Auckland. At sport in general, is there a uh, – so away from racing as well, is there – are there Anzac uh, traditions like we have in our Aussie rules football? We have a, a, a game that takes place on Anzac Day whenever that is uh, during the week, and it's always the same two teams, Collingwood and Essendon. Is there something similar or other traditions in the in the general sporting landscape around Anzac weekend? <laughs> Look, you're asking the wrong person here. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> I can't. There's bound to be a... Um, some sort of game on, but I'm sorry, no, I'm not sure. <laughs> That's all good. Tell us about your history. I'm, in I'm solely, I'm solely. Sorry. Um. Well, oh, no, I was going to say I'm solely racing focused at the moment. <laughs> um. No. Well. Um. I've worked a, a few times in Australia. I've been racing manager for Tony Gollan. Um. I currently actually work remotely for Casey Fogden, um, which is. Um, awesome, and then she was fantastic in running second in the Golden Slipper with Best of Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I just uh, help out here with work for NZTR for a few hours a week. So yeah, here I am. And how long has that involvement been? Uh, well, your involvement in racing in general, how long has it spanned so far? Um, dare I say it? This gives away about how old I am. So <laughs> about um, eighteen years. <laughs> I'm not tradi- I'm not probably from a traditional racing family. Um, I just my parents or my father just took me along to a few race days and had a couple of shares in horses and that's it's really uh, grown from there. That's all right. Well, you, you you started young, obviously, so you're still in your mid to late twenties. That's uh, all I take away from that, obviously. Oh, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll take that. <laughs> Um, what's the uh, what's the next sort of big event on the on the on the racing calendar in New Zealand? What have we got to look forward to in the coming weeks and months? Well, actually, our um, jumping season uh, kicks off within the month, so um, that's always uh, something to look forward to over winter. And um, you know, the boys and girls that get out there, they've started a few, done a few high weights now to get fit for their season. And you know, it's just a, I personally like the jumpers, and I feel like. It's their time to shine, so they should um, they should get the acknowledgement and recognition that they sort of deserve. You know, it's not um, probably not everyone's cup of tea, but um, it's certainly a part of racing that's steeped in New Zealand history for sure. What is it about the the jumps that um, that sort of that takes your fancy? Is it the is it the the added athleticism of the horses? Is it because is it add more spice to the races? What is it about the jumps that you like? Oh, I just think it's um, you know, it takes it takes a lot to I guess be a jumps jumper and then to be I guess a jumps jockey. You know, like they're hard fit horses and hard fit people, and you know they're going sometimes up over six thousand meters, and that's not everyone's cup of tea. <laughs> but um, it's, it's certainly uh, the jumps sort of industry in in New Zealand here. There's a, definitely a camaraderie around it, and um, they're just really salt of the earth type of people and, you know, they do it because they love their horses and, um, you know, many of them probably have big farms that they can work their horses over. So it's uh, the longevity of the horse and um, it just gives them that sort of next dimension once, once I guess, they're finishing the, finish their flat career. Yeah, how much of, uh, yeah, how much of the personnel transfer from, from the, the flats, to, from the thoroughbred racing into jumps? Is it, do you see... Um, do you see sort of jockeys being able to do the same or, you know, do, do both disciplines or is it very much sort of one group 
of of uh, of jockeys, trainers, owners are in thoroughbreds, and then there's a separate group for for uh, for jumps, or is there some sort of overlap? Uh, there's not a hu- huge sort of overlap here. Um, I can probably name one or two that would do flat and also ride over fences, but um, I guess it gives that opportunity for those who, I guess, are naturally a little bit bigger that do love racing to um, to ca- have a career in, a, um, in the sport. You know, we've got the likes of Craig Phelan, who's a very established jump jockey, but he's also... Um, establishing himself as a very good trainer so he ha- wears both caps um, throughout the year and um, yeah I've, I, he hasn't had any high weight ride, rides at the moment and you ask him are you going to ride this season yep yep you know so um, it's just all about I guess yeah the people and and having um, you know that opportunity to continue on in a sport that they love and what's the what's the marquee event now in the in the jumps uh, little season coming up here? What's the the one day that we're all looking forward to? Yeah, well, unfortunately, um, there's no Ellerslie Hill anymore, and currently the Tiaroha track is under renovation, so that's out. So we've got um, like the Waikato and uh, Waikato Steeplechase and Waikato Hurdles, but I think the sort of pinnacle of the jumps. Uh, season this year is probably the Grand National event at the start of August and that's a three-day week uh, sorry a three-day um, event across the week in the down at Rickerton Park where they have uh, jumps both Saturday Wednesday and Saturday with the um, the Grand National and the Grand Annual Steeplechase so yeah it's a um, it's sort of an event in a week that the whole um, jumps and and a lot of the flat people look forward to because it's just a a different aspect of um, the racing industry. A wealth of knowledge you are, Adele. A wealth of knowledge. Thank you for that, giving us the lowdown <laughs> on what we can expect. We'll take our final break here on Breakfast with the Kiwis. We'll come back on the other side of this and we'll wrap up the program for this uh, edition of the episodes. You're listening to Breakfast with the Kiwis. Kickstart your day of racing. Have breakfast with the Kiwis. Head to loveracing.nz. Wrapping things up on Breakfast with the Kiwis, Jordan Canellis and Adele McLeod with us, uh, with you here this morning. Adele, before we say goodbye for uh, today's episode, we'll get you to uh, recap who your best is this weekend. Who do you, who do you like the most uh, for the races ahead? Um, I'm actually going uh, on Sunday at Awapuni in the listed Manawatu ITM and Zach Mile. Um, a mayor by the name of Providence Provide, who actually is trained by the guests that we didn't get to talk to today in Tiny Pike. She's um, she's a mare that probably hasn't had a hell of a lot of luck in, um, in some most of her starts, but and she doesn't have much again on Sunday, and she's drawn 17. But I think if she can uh, cross them early and um, dictate in front, she should be ha- hard to beat. Excellent stuff. Adele, you've been a natural. Uh, good stuff on your debut episode. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Great. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Adele McLeod uh, with us on Breakfast with the Kiwis. You can podcast the show at sen.com.au or anywhere you listen on the app stores. We'll be back next week. See ya. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.